Welcome to Just Married, stories about love and citizenship in the decade of marriage equality. I'm Jennifer Bass. And I'm Jonah Chester. This show tells the stories of same-sex couples in the heartland and their journeys into marriage. In 2014, several legal cases and a series of overturned and then reinstated rulings opened up a brief window of a few days in June when same-sex couples could legally marry in the state of Indiana. This was nearly a year before the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage nationwide. During this window, couples across the state rushed to tie the knot. Few of them had to do so while riding around on a mobility scooter, however. So I was on a, they call them a knee walker, where it's it's like a giant scooter for adults. In the spring of 2014, a few months before the initial ruling that allowed gay marriage in the state, Jamie had shattered her ankle and wound up partially immobilized. That did not stop her from getting married to her longtime partner, Donna. Love finds a way, even when you're short one usable leg. We did all this scurrying around trying to find something to get married in and get wedding rings and get a little bit of something for a reception and get everything hammered out. And here I am on my knee walker rolling all over southern Indiana trying to figure out how I'm going to get married. Donna and Jamie were one of only a few dozen same-sex couples who married in Lawrence County during the initial two-day window. The couple still lives in Bedford with their son, Jack. Um, the second we found out we could in Bedford, because, that, that, what was that, that whole week, that first when it became legal in Indiana, yeah. the people in Bedford were like, well, we don't know how to fill out the marriage license. And when we live in Bedford, so we needed to get our license in Bedford. But when we heard that they figured out how to figure, fill out the marriage license, we're like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so we planned it. Like 36 in, hours. In 36 hours. <laughs> well, I actually did propose. Because yeah. I didn't think she was going to get off her knee walker and go to the courthouse with me. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I knew it was coming and everything. I just, it's kind of a bad pun, but I guess I was being a foot dragger. <laughs> well, when she said something about um, that they um, said that they figured out how to fill out the marriage license, she was sitting in her chair in the living room, so I just got down on my knee and grabbed her hand and said, well, do you want to get married? I'm like, you're delirious. (laughs) Yes, that's what she said. After the heartwarming and romantic proposal and the hectic dash to the county courthouse for a marriage license, the couple now had to plan the actual wedding. It was modest, and they opted for a small chapel instead of a larger church. There were a couple issues on the day of the wedding, however. I'll let Jamie explain. So my dad was like the last person to get here. So once dad got here and I got him in the chapel, then we came in and went down the aisle and I'm on my granny walker and it took so long. So somebody starts singing, we're going to the chapel and we're going to get married. (laughs) And I'm going, clunk, clunk. Clunk, 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 <laughs> down the aisle. No, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. No one's singing for you. So the longer I stood up there, the more the sweat was just rolling off of me. I was drenched. And after a while, my legs started shaking because I was just in excruciating pain. And I'm like, wrap it up, wrap it up. And then everybody's like dabbing their eyes and everything. And Jack, our son Jack, notices that people are crying and he starts to get emotional. 
So then, you know, the ceremony is largely over. And he just comes running up to us and just hugs us and hugs and just sobs. He just cries his eyes out. And everybody's thinking, well, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. I'm like, no, he's fine. He's just, you know, feeling the moment. And, and he was. He was just fine. And he was probably tired from being at Boy Scout camp all week. (laughs) (laughs) I kept telling Jack, I said, Jack, the only thing that's different now is it's going to take an attorney to get rid of her. (laughs) And our friend Ellen overheard me say that. And she goes, oh, so romantic. You said it's going to take an eternity to get rid of her. And I correct her. I'm like, no, that's not what she said. (laughs) Jamie and Donna acknowledged the stereotypes about Southern Indiana. But in spite of those stereotypes, the couple was greeted with nothing but warm and loving support the day they went to get their marriage license. So when we went to the courthouse to get our marriage license, all my experience at the Times Mail, the newspaper in Bedford, they're all like, Jamie, we wondered if you were coming in. And see, I'm, I know a lot of gay people in this area think, you know, Lawrence Countyans are a bunch of knuckle-dragging mouth-breathers. But those girls in there could not have been sweeter to us. And they, were, you know, were genuinely pleased that I had managed to make it in there. And so it was, that was really nice that they were so happy to see us. Jamie and Donna have never been shy about their relationship. They never describe each other as friends to avoid criticisms or bigotry from others. As Jamie puts it, I don't do things like that with my friends. By being open and honest about their relationship, Jamie and Donna began to attract and meet other LGBTQ couples in the area. Now, the couple is part of a growing community in Lawrence County. Yeah, there there was, like I said, I was was like 23 years old before I even knew another gay person. Um, As far as growing up in the gay community, no. There was nothing like that. Um... When we moved back to Bedford, it was so funny. Bedford is a pretty small place. And we were at the store, and I saw one of my high school classmates at the store, and she was with this other woman, and they kept giving us the side eye. I'm like, what is all that about? So we get home, and everybody still had landlines, and our phone's ringing, and they're like, hey, this is Jana and Chris. Um, We were wondering, would you guys like to come over and play euchre one night? And I'm like, Ching. <laughs> I think we would. Sometimes, however, finding members of the LGBTQ community in a rural area is not as easy and straightforward as bumping into them in the grocery store. Sometimes, it involves high-speed car chases. You know, we're, we're old. <laughs> I see these young girls here. We're old. We didn't have uh, Facebook and cell phones and stuff. When I was at uh, at the Times Mail, I got in the habit of parking on a certain, certain place. And every day I would see this girl drive by in her car with her rainbow vanity plate. And she'd just smile and wave at me. And I'd smile and wave and go into work. I'm like, hmm. And then I noticed I didn't see my friend in the car anymore. And then I saw a new girl in a little uh, mint-colored Suzuki sidekick. And she'd just smile and wave at me. 
And I never made the connection because I'm a dunderhead. But it was the same girl. So one day I was driving along on 16th Street, and I didn't have anywhere to go, and I didn't have anywhere to be. And there's a mint-colored Suzuki sidekick pulls up a song. I mean, I'm like, that's it. It's on like Donkey Kong. So I took off down 16th Street after this woman. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, <laughs> So finally she pulls into the old Stone City Mall parking lot, and I throw it in park, and I jump out of my car, and I'm like, hey, I want to talk to you. And she's like, hey, I want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm like, where are you headed? She's like, I'm going to go get my nails did. And I'm like, Okay, I'm not going to go get my nails did, but give me your phone number, and we'll you know, we'll hook up later on. She's like, okay. So, I mean, so we've been friends ever since then. Um, through ups and downs, she, she and her partner have split, and they're with new partners now and everything. And So you just have to, if you don't have a community, you need to form a community. Whether it's skulking through the grocery store or chasing somebody down 16th Street. <laughs> You know, communities where you find it. I see sorrow, trouble in this land. I see sorrow, trouble in this land. Although there will be struggle, we'll make the change we can. This week's episode was produced by Jonah Chester with recordings from Allison Quantz's Radio Innovations class. Thanks to Sky Zentz and Daniel Anderson and to the Blue Dot Sessions for providing musical clips. Just Married theme music is generously provided by Bloomington's own Carrie Newcomer. Support for Just Married comes from the Indiana University's Department of Gender Studies, the Office for Vice President for Research New Frontiers Program, and the IU Bloomington Arts and Humanities Council. WFHB's Blooming Out is our podcast host. To hear longer versions of these interviews, visit the Kinsey Institute's Marriage Equality Collection or find us on Facebook at Marriage Equality Heartland. <laughs>